This is Words That Move Me, the podcast where movers and shakers like you get the information and inspiration you need to navigate your creative career with clarity and confidence. I am your host, Master Mover, Dana Wilson. And if you're someone that loves to learn, laugh, and is looking to rewrite the starving artist story, then sit tight, but don't stop moving, because you're in the right place. Hello, hello, good people, and welcome to Words That Move Me. I'm Dana. I'm jazzed that you are here, and I am so, so, so excited to share this conversation with one of my favorite people in the biz, Mr. Tice Diorio, who I have known and looked up to for years and years. Because if you do not already know Tice, you are about to find out his career is truly remarkable um, and vast, so wide-reaching. Um, and finally, two summers ago, Tice and I got to work together on In the Heights, which we'll get to chatting about in just a second. But first, let's do wins. Let's do wins. Because In the Heights is my win this week. In the Heights, the film is in the world. Please go see it if you are healthy, if you are comfortable. Go see it in a theater because, dang it, this is the stuff the big screen was built for. <sighs> I am celebrating in a crazy way inside and outside being a part of the production, more specifically the choreo team that put more than 280 dancers on the big screen many of them for the very first time, I'd like to add. I genuinely don't have words, <laughs> which for those of you who listen a lot is, you know, it's saying a lot. I don't have words um, to explain my gratitude or my pride in being a part of this project, but I will try to find them soon because an In the Heights choreo team episode is coming through the pipeline. So buckle up. It's going to be so great. I'm very, very excited. I hope I have more adequate words um, to explain the way I feel about this project. And of course, we'll be talking a little bit about the process. But In the Heights is in the world. That's my win. Please go see it and share this win with me. Um, if you've seen it, then heck, that can be your win too. But if you haven't seen it, I'm dying to hear what is going well in your world. Hit me. It's your turn. Awesome. Congratulations. I'm so glad that you are winning. Now let's dig into this, shall we? Tice Diorio. Whew, where do I begin? Tice is a force to be reckoned with on the dance floor and also in the business. But as you're about to find out, that is balanced with tremendous kindness, a gentleness that is difficult to find in this industry, and also an appreciation for the simple things like, you know, genuine human connection and friendship. <laughs> so for those reasons, this episode is strong, but also super, super soft. And you will 100% want to stick around for the laugh attack 
at the end of the episode because Tice and I have a gift that we would like to share with you and it's so much fun. <laughs> you do not want to miss it. Your quality of life is about to go so far up. So get ready and enjoy this conversation with the one and only Tice Diorio. Tice Diorio. I am so excited about the conversation that is about to ensue. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm a fan of yours. Oh, mutual fandom. I love mutual fandom. Um, most of my listeners, people who know me, probably know that I really love versatility. And it is possible, my friend, that you are the most versatile guest that I have ever had. Um, I think, you know, from being an educator to a movement coach to a choreographer to still being a dancer um even still dancing in films shout out in the heights which we will definitely get there um but you choreograph for tv film stage and beyond uh that's the very small nutshell now i'm gonna ask you to do something i ask all my guests to do some of them hate me for it some of them uh -huh. think it's awesome but i'm gonna ask you to introduce yourself and simply tell us anything you want us to know about you hi i'm ty Stiorio. i am a dancer i'm a choreographer and i'm a really good friend <laughs> and it's important that you listeners know that and i will co-sign i will back that up with a strong friendly stamp of approval yeah i say that because it's really important to me <laughs> and i have you know through dance have you know have an amazing tribe of people here in los angeles and so yeah. I, I think that's a really great place to start, actually, because I only recently learned that you're born in Brooklyn. Um, yes. And I have a lot of listeners in New York and I have a lot of friends in New York mm -hmm. as we're speaking of this. And I know it's a goal for so many to become bi-coastal. Yeah. I'm so curious about how that happened for you and <laughs> any words of wisdom or tips that you might give somebody who's who's eager to live that life yeah I mean growing up in New York as you know New York is so fast-paced and like you know New York and LA are like the leading capitals of dance so being in New York City uh, growing up that way it you know it came from a local studio danced in Manhattan went to the high school performing arts the famed high school performing arts you know I, I was a lucky guy just to be there and 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 so you know, and I had theater right in front of my face. So I, I just, I immersed myself in all of that as one would do being in New York City, taking advantage of all the, all of the, the privileges that came along with that coast. And so, you know, um, I, you know, obviously in New York City, you have to like sing, you have to dance, you have to act. And so it's just, it was just no choice. And you have it all available to you and so many amazing people who, who do that and who educate and who can be a mentor and who can inspire. So yeah, I, I spent most of my life in New York City <laughs> and we learned a few things about, you know, dance, being a dancer. We learned there's no stability, you know, and- <laughs> You are the stability. You have to find your core. You have to find your leg because you are the center of a very 
uh, spinning world. Yeah. It's important that you know how to spot. <laughs> Absolutely, you know. And so, yeah, I, I mean, and then I came to LA because I was so intrigued by Los Angeles. And Was it and just the, curiosity at first that, that brought you out? I was on a television show early on and I had seen what Jackie Slight was doing for male dancers. And I, and I was intrigued because I had never, I, I mean, I was dancing like, you know, New York dancers dance. We go into a class, we dance an hour. It's an hour warm up, you know what I mean? And, and it's just very different. It was very different. And it was like a rivalry, rivalry between New York City and LA at the time. And who's better and all that stuff. So I came to LA, I saw Jackie Slett and I saw the way, you know, like Bill Bowl was dancing and Bubba Carr and all the uh -huh. Aaron Cash and all those incredible people. So I came to LA and I just jumped in the water. You know? Oh my gosh. I love that Jackie Slight is part of that origin story. She's uh -huh. part of mine as well. Um, I was a young convention danceling when I first met Jackie Slight, and I will never forget her, her teaching style, her way of engaging people mm. with words as well as with her movement. I am still riveted by her to this very day. She's got to come on the podcast. Ooh, that woman has so much to- Legendary. Coming for you, Jackie. I'm coming. Um, thank you also for dishing out some more legendary names. I hope our listeners are taking notes and doing good Googleage after this. Um, well, I'm thrilled that you you wound up here. I wonder if our paths would have crossed otherwise, but uh, you and I met through, I think we met personally through a mutual, uh-uh, that's a made up word, a mutual friend, Melanie Benz. And I think that speaks to like the interconnectivity, the importance of relationships in the industry, because mm -hmm. it wasn't work that brought you and I together, but work has come since then. Um, and I love that about what we do, but I think it's unique. You know, I think in other industries, let's say the skill is truly mm -hmm. the most important thing. And I don't know that that's true for our industry. I think that on par with that is personability, professionalism, um, um, a, a contribution to the process. Mm -hmm. um, so I, yeah, I don't know what I, I don't, I don't think there's a lesson there. I guess what I'm encouraging in people is that if you're a good person, consider that a credit on your resume because it is helpful in the long run. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I think even though I came from New York, I came to LA and I instantly met some of the, the, the greats. Like I ended up crazy enough working with Michael Peters and like, you know, Paula Abdul, yada, 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 Vince Patterson, all the greats. And it was, and I just felt like my path. And I think we all as artists or dancers, and we get, we get, coupled up with the right energy. It's like a, a matched energy, I feel. So it's like what I was putting in and what I was desiring. All the all the the people that came into the pathway were direct matches for me. So I think I knew about process and I I love I I loved process because it is the most important. So I wasn't result driven. So that was really good. And I I managed to maintain and stay that way. And through today, you know, uh, 
Yes, I do know. <laughs> um, okay, I want to talk about this idea of matching. Mm-hmm. Number one, I want to talk about you matching with Paula Abdul on Star Search. Um, is that not how you got your break? Was she, how, how did that moment work? Yeah, I was on Star Search, uh, you know, um, and then Paula Abdul, funny enough, was one of the judges. And um, I was, but I wasn't on as a soloist. I was on with like two girls. So, you know, that was the connection. And then I went back on Star Search as a soloist and then I had won the whole thing. And then I came to LA and Julie McDonald set up a private audition for me and Paula. And I went into a room with her and she she put on her music and she made me dance and improv right there. How old were you at the time, do you think? It was, I was 18 or 19, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Does it feel oddly full circle to now be involved with a show like So You Think You Can Dance and giving that first break moment to so many dancelings? Um, uh, that was, that was an interesting uh, connection and believe it or not, that connection, and I say it all the time, it, that was because of Marty Kadelka. Because <gasps> Marty, Marty Kadelka actually recommended me. He was on, Marty was on the first season, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was in New York actually doing, I had been in Los Angeles living, but I went home. They asked me to do Chicago for a few months. So I did mm-hmm. Chicago for like six months. Like and, you do. So I was doing that and having a great time and got a call from Nigel Lithgow and Jeff Thacker and said, Marty Kadelka recommended you to choreograph um, a Fosse piece. And so I flew out to LA on Marty's recommendation and I never forgot that because, you know, <laughs> truth be told, not everybody is, is um, uh, giving enough to recommend people in our industry. And that's just kind of the, the truth of it all. But I don't, I don't, I just come from, oh, hey, you have to call so-and-so, you have to. This is, that I come from that. So it's, you know, so it's not uncommon to me, but uh, Marty Kadelka really showed that, you know, um, because our connection with Janet Jackson and then, and how he ended up working with her, you know, um, after I had done some work with her on tour and, and videos and stuff, so. That's right. I'm so glad that you mentioned him and are singing his praises because it reminds me, I think his name is possibly the most mentioned on the podcast. Um, And he is the person that extended a a similar kindness to me. Um, And Mm. and many, many, many kindnesses actually throughout my career. I safely can say I wouldn't have this career without that person at all, not even close. Marty is, you know, people call this a dog eat dog world. Mm. And although Marty is my dog, there <laughs> is there is nothing dog eat about that person. Uh-oh. I think Marty gives credit where it is due. He is the Uh-oh. first to uh, to share space and make space for other people and their talent. Um, mm. I'm so completely grateful for that. And I actually wonder, do you remember what season that was that you um... I so you think I went on the first season I my first show was the finale of the first season so I I went and did a Fosse piece and then they brought me back season two and they were like can you do 
contemporary. I was like, yeah. Can you do jazz? I was like, yeah. yeah. Can you do Broadway? I was like, yeah. And then I, I did like, I did an African piece and, you know, and when you think about versatility, I just throw it back to my, the way I trained at my dance studio, my local, the local dance studio I went to, we were doing all of that at, at 10 years old. I mean, I had an African dance teacher named Luanus Luanus from Africa and we were dancing. So all these things, all the tapes are still in my mind. So it never leaves you what you're exposed to from your dance studio. And I think that's so important, you know, because we all come from dance studios and, you know, they give us that. Well, not all of us, but most of, certainly most of the people listening to this podcast do. I think they're like me, you know, you talk about finding your people and I think, Mm -hmm. yeah, like attracts like, and I, I grew up Mm -hmm. a studio kid as well no African in my dance studio, unfortunately for me. Um, I'm, I'm very jealous of that because the more I learn about what I do, the more I learn yeah. the, the roots and all of it stems yeah. from African yeah. people. <laughs> um, and I am mesmerized by that and I'm always yeah. eager to be growing and learning and also sharing and making space for people to get excited about that, be introduced by that. Um, I think it's a gift to be exposed to many styles that early on, especially African. Um, I do want to ask though, because this comes up a lot with friends of mine and it was a, a part of the story that I told myself early on, is that it was not a good thing to be a generalist, that LA especially loves a specialist. We're not looking for somebody that's decent at all styles we're looking for the best crumper and the best popper and the world's greatest b-boy like those were what the castings were looking for at the time that i moved out here anyways which is way way back in 2005 Mm -hmm. um but did you ever struggle with being categorized as a generalist or not as a specialist or were you really just that good at everything? <laughs> you mean like me as a dancer? You mean me as a dancer, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I came to LA and I feel like um, I was a certain kind of dancer. And I, and I think in all of the projects that I, most of the projects I did, I was probably, I was always singled out for a feature or this, or I could, you know, I, I feel like I brought more to the table than just dance. Cause I felt like coming from New York, you were always telling a story and you were always acting and you were always like, there was purpose. So it was, you know, it was celebrated, I think, you know, by a lot of different choreographers, you know? So I, I felt lucky, I felt lucky. You know? You're echoing a few sentiments from a previous episode with Miguel Zarate, where we mm-hmm. were talking about the value of not fitting in. Yeah. And yes, it's great to be a specialist, but let's remember how special it is to be you, who's exactly from where you're from and exactly exposed to all the things you were exactly exposed to. Mm-hmm. And that that made exactly you. And holy smokes, I'm so thrilled that I know you and get to dance with you. Oh um, so let's talk about that. Okay, oh wait, back up, back up, back up. Before we go forward, we go back just one second. Mm-hmm. On the subject of Marty Kadelka, one of the graces that he extended to me was asking uh, if I would like to collaborate, co-choreograph a piece for So You Think You Can Dance with him. It's the only time I ever choreographed for the show. We got to work with Jose and Comfort, who I adore. And we had an absolute ball. And I remember meeting you on the show. So you must have been there in season seven. 
Yeah, I yeah, I've done a lot of seasons. <laughs> so I, I actually know that you've done a lot of seasons because I know that you've done 13 seasons. <laughs> okay, yeah. And yeah, I, I yeah, I've done a lot. I've That's done, a lot. Um I I suppose I could ask for outstanding moments. Do you want to talk at all about your Emmy win or yeah, that, that was that was absolutely wonderful and sort of crazy, but just to wrap it up in a um, brief little story of that at, I've I always, thought you for, for a second I thought you were going to say wrap it up in a tortilla because that was the shape uh, you were making. I, would, <laughs> I could just make a tiny into, little burrito out of it. This is what it would be. I'm into it. I'm totally into it. Um, no, I I think maybe uh, I don't know. Dancers might be inspired, or anybody could be inspired by. Um, I always saw myself. I I always have these movies in my mind. I think I always saw movies or like this mini movie in my mind, like I always knew I was was gonna dance with Janet Jackson or I knew, I, but I knew that I was walking up some stairs. I knew, I, I saw this movie in my mind. I was walking upstairs and I, I had this gold award in my hand and I was speaking about all the people that I, you know, that helped in that process. And, and then, and, and yeah, I didn't know it was gonna happen. That's so you think you can dance, but, but it ended up happening and it was a, a beautiful, magical moment. And um, yeah, and the fact that I was able to create a library, I, you know, I wasn't a choreographer when I got on the show. I, I actually landed that, you know, television show and, and I just so happened to be dancing the Fosse work. So they felt like I could do this Fosse piece and I did that. And then I just, I kind of just stayed in each moment and I didn't really get ahead of myself. And I was just kind of like, yeah, I can do that because I knew I just needed to work on my craft and at least find a little tiny voice of course mm. as a choreographer. So I did that like a lot. So I took every episode they gave me and I just worked on it. And so <laughs> eventually it paid off and I started to find a little voice in there. And um, yeah, and I, I met so many people like, you know, Chris Scott, who we'll get to, who some of the the, the loves of my life at, at uh, So You Think, and we all you know, Sonia Taya, Stacy Tukey, all these mm. beautiful people, all of them, you know. And and what a great way to make your muscles big and strong by helping others to become big and strong. Mm. I, I've heard, you know, a lot of experiences from the show, from the contestants point of view. And of course it's a ringer, of course it's a challenge. That's the point, it's a competition show. And it is also a reality show. So circling back to, it's not always, no. if at all, about your talent, um, which I remember being so frustrated about that show in the beginning when I was, when I was younger, when I was like contestant age, I hated that about the show. And I was like, that's not real life. If this is, if this is a dance show, the best man or woman or person should win. Yeah. Um, and then I noticed <laughs> that this was about America's favorite dancer and those aren't always the same person. Right, yeah, you know, and from the choreography standpoint, you know, the choreographers are in this uh, um, little pit, like, mm -hmm. you know, and we're, you know, it, we all wanna do well. We all wanna to rise to the occasion. So it's, there's the dancers and then there's the choreographers because yes, it is a reality show, it's television. And, you know, it, it was about the, the pieces that they performed 
you know, and the connections between all of us, like I, I had been there from season one, you know, and all the, the, the new choreographers and the great people that I ended up meeting, like Nappy Tabs and Chris, you know, they'd come in and they'd be like, oh my God, or like, what are they going to say about my number? And I was like, and I remember telling them, because I had been there a bit and went through that same thing. And so I felt it important to say, hey, listen, you know, they can say what they want about your number. But the truth is, is that you leave here with that. That's your work. And next week, no one's ever going to remember what they said. So it's like, you just stay, stay, stay with you. you that's know? a good point. So because I had learned that, I'd learned that um, early on there, because it's, it's a daunting experience because, <laughs> you know. For sure. And I think that actually spreads beyond that show into, into everything. I think the the work is what people remember. Um, mm -hmm. I'm thinking about myself, like YouTubing specific numbers from that show. I would scrub right through all the chatter at the beginning and I would not stick around for the chatter at the end. Um, I thought that I was alone in that, but I don't think I am. I think you're spot on. Um, so maybe, maybe let's stick on that theme for a second on the subject of competition. Mm. Um, we talked about the choreography world being kind of a dog eat dog world and we are a community, we are an industry that's working desperately to organize and find ourselves a home, find ourselves some, some semblance of collective bargaining somehow. Um, and it's challenging to do when, when there isn't a sense of unity. Um, I know it's possible because the dance community did it. And I came up through the dance community, which was also dog eat dog tremendously competitive and i think there are more dancers than choreographers so if the dance world could do it i think the choreography world can do it um but i would love to hear your thoughts on competitive nature within our industry is it useful how do you manage it that's an amazing question i'm glad you asked and um i guess after after la after 2020, um, but even before that, I think for me, I think I was starting to formulate. I've never, you know, I grew up, you know, in the competitive world for a little bit. You know, I, I maybe did competition dance world for like four years, you know, and I grew up competitive and, you know, I'm competitive with myself, but I do remember being like seeing some great dancers, like male dancers when I got to LA and never, I never felt the better you were and the more talented you were. I was like, we're going to be friends because I, I need what you have. So I, re I never remember being like sharky about any of that ever. The better you were, the more talented, the more we were going to be friends. And I have so many friends that are so, you know, talented and, and have all those great qualities. So um, I feel about competition in the industry. I feel even after last year, I, I think, you know, we all have a, a whole different perspective on life and the world and so many things that I just decided like, yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, no. no, I'm not gonna do that competition no. thing. No. I mean, I mean, I'm an adult, but like, I don't, you know, I just think like to be competitive and, you know, it's just, that's just not important. It's just so, it's so not important. It's so 10 years ago. <laughs> not a you good word. It's not in fashion. It's not even important. Oh my God. Like even more so now it's just, yeah. And especially the industry being as hard as it is, you want to add another layer of, a layer of competitive 
ness on it. I just think it doesn't serve. It doesn't serve me, that's for sure. You know, and having to like, yeah, just all the things you have to do in this industry, like, you know, putting the pressure on yourself or, you know, feeling like I have to achieve this by this. I, I'm like, no, none of, none of that. None of that is important at all. You know, because again, it's really about process. It's about connection. I think it's about, um, you know, just get, getting, losing yourself in your art and, and, and not being so result driven because that, that only can equate to one thing. And, you know, and just and think, think about all the artists you love and that you admire and respect. I think it's really important too that, you know, that the, the, the artist meets the person too, you know? Ex explain. Like where the artist meets the person, because it's like in our industry, as long as we're talking about industry and the, the reality of it is, is um, you see things on a TV screen or, um, you know, on, a, on your phone and it looks as if it's a certain way, but that is not the reality. The reality is, is it's um, not everything is as it seems is what I'm saying. So when you meet, what's great is that when you meet an artist, whether it be an actor, a singer, dancer, choreographer, director, yada, 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 that the person actually meets uh, the artist. They're as great as a human as their artistry. And I'm just yeah, keeping it real. I, I, I'm just trying to keep it real just because we're having a conversation. So we're going to talk for real about. Yes, let's go. There, there are a lot of smoke and mirrors <laughs> and that, and, and actually, and nobody's trying to hide that. It's an industry that's based on making things look like something else. The actors are doing it. The set designer is doing it. The lighting team is doing it. There's no mystery there. Like we are in the business of making something that isn't what it is. Right. <laughs> so right. it's really useful to be what you are, <laughs> to yeah. know who you are so that you can yeah. do that with, with clarity and go home and get a good night's sleep at the end of the day. However, it was that you spent your day before that point. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so now let's get into talking about how we got to spend some of our days during the summer of 2019. Um, you, you you talked about finding a friend in Christopher Scott, and you talked about you know the pressure of being on So You Think You Can Dance, the pressure of having a great number. And I think that Chris is somebody who balances being mm -hmm. a friend and being mm -hmm. a professional who has a seriously high bar of expectations. Um, during the process, mm. there was like no end to achieving the dream. Yeah it was very rare that he felt like we've got it even yeah. up to the days before the shoot or during the freaking shoot it's mm -hmm. still like trying to make it that much better and one of the one of the ways i remember you coming into play of this film is we were casting this number that's a very special number in the film called Pacencia Ife and we uh, he he wanted real looking humans, different ages, different sizes, different shapes, but like real looking people that have magic and charisma. And mm -hmm. he said, Tice has to do this. Tice would be so perfect. Mm -hmm. um, and this was, you know, not a, not an 
easy or natural step for you. I'm sure you were in the middle of other projects and life and work and things. So how is it that how is it that the project came to you? How did you feel about doing it? And what are your thoughts about the process? Well, I'm wildly, you know, I'm wildly a fan of Chris Scott because it's it's so rare. Um, Chris is is rare in this industry. And so when you find those golden nuggets, you hang on to them. And we we really connected it. So you think as people, mm-hmm. as people, and we just really respected each other's craft and artistry. So that was good. And we just became friends. And then um, cut to, um, you know, I, I had been choreographing at the time. Uh, well, I worked with Taylor Swift for about nine years, you know, on a couple yes, of Yes, that's right. That's an overlap. Okay, yes. And I, um, and we had Chris come in on the 1989 album and do like two or three numbers um, and so we connected even more there. And so uh, it's always been a, 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 like a love fest, like just, you know. And so I was in New York and I got a call and he was like, hey, um, I think I saw, he might've seen from my Instagram that I was in New York or whatever. And I was like, yeah. And he had mentioned, he's like, I really want you to do In the Heights. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> I was like definitely, absolutely. And the dates ended up working out and so, of course, always, 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 you know, you know, like when, when there's an opportunity to dance and it's with people you love and admire and respect all day, every day. You, and I've always done that, you know, it's like if somebody's got a project and they ask me, you know, you're more selective now that you're, you know, you know, I let the cartilage in your knees is wearing out. <laughs> I mean, listen, thank God my knees are good, but you know, it's like, but I just, I just, um, I love to dance. So, and I love to be with good people that dance and create, so. Oh, we had so much fun and you're gonna be so proud, Mayor LaGuardia. I'm sure, I'm sure. It was an <laughs> amazing time. It was amazing. You were so brilliant and perfect as always. And it just like stamped that in for sure. It's like the process, the process of that was so beautiful and, and, and so great. It was run so well. Everything was just, it was just such a great experience, you know? And so I, I definitely will remember that. And, you know, and I got to meet Ebony Williams. Yeah. And so I was so in, like enamored by her. I was like, wow. And then I watched her dance. And then I was like, wait a minute. I was like, hold on everybody. Yes, everyone hold on. Did everybody just see that? I was like, we're not just gonna like, keep talking after she just did that. What an amazing dancer. Incredible. There is, I'm convinced, nothing that she cannot do. Wow. Nothing. And then I saw her in um, um, Jagged Little Pill. Jagged Little Pill, yeah. Okay, so you're a unique person. Well, you're unique in many ways, but you're unique in one specific way, which is that you have been a Broadway dancer who has also been in Broadway film adaptations. Mm -hmm. I am so curious because I don't have, um, I've workshopped, I've skeleton crewed a few shows for Broadway um, or off Broadway to become Broadway shows. But I am so curious to hear your thoughts on what the biggest difference is 
in terms of being a dancer in each of those spaces. Because you take In the Heights, for example, with a few tiny script changes, it's mm-hmm. the same show that it was on Broadway as it is on film. But what's yeah. the difference for the dancer? I would love to hear your thoughts. I, to be honest with you, when I was in New York working on that f- film, particularly, it did. It felt um, like a Broadway, exactly like a Broadway show. What made it feel that way? Well, because there was so much. Because you're you are dealing with a theatrical piece that has a you know it's a script with song and movement and all the things, all the elements. And for me, I was, I was, and as being in New York and with all those beautiful New York dancers, um, it, 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 I just felt like, hmm. I mean, with the difference of there's no, li- there's no live orchestra and, you know, it, you know. Or a live audience. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, so um, for me, I mean, that particular experience was unique to its own because it felt, it, it felt like we were working on a Broadway show for sure. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Because it was just so, um, you know, well thought out and just had so much purpose and- And, and so it, much plot. Yes. <laughs> There's so yes. many stories to tell. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and everyone did it. Every ensemble dancer was yeah. dancing the story. Mm-hmm of a main character um and in many cases it also is their story in in our case how lucky did we get to have such giving dancers talent in general who brought themselves their struggle their success to this process i mean i get chills thinking about it and when i tell you uh-huh. You're I'm gonna sure. lose your mind. I heard. I've heard <laughs> that 191st Street tunnel. Uh huh. You taking that step into that line in that hat in that fit. Shout out Mitchell Traverse. Come on, killed the wardrobe. It's wow. one of that Pacencia is one of my uh one of my favorite parts of the film. It really feels like the heart to me. I hope okay. that you love it. I'm sh- I'm sure I'm sure I mean it was like when you see the trailer it's um, in the casting and you hear the music it's like all the all the elements come have to come together seamlessly so that it's one thought and that I felt like I felt like when I saw the trailer it's like you know you just know uh, like you know when I'd walk down the streets in New York and I'd go see shows all the time you go in you hear the overture, whatever you're listening to, you you know you're in the presence of greatness right away. It doesn't, Ooh, yes. take, long, it doesn't take long, you know, especially in theater because there's so much, there's so much of the puzzle that goes into making that one yes. overall piece and picture and thought. And so yes. I think in the, I, I know that within the highs, and I will say I was highly impressed, highly impressed with John Chu and his, and the way he walked by and addressed and spoke to dancers and people and the way, and I was like, it starts at the top. It starts down, yes. And, and he like, he, he came over, I, we were on the train and, and <laughs> he was like, Tice. And I was like, what? How do you know my name? <laughs> and so like, just, and this is, where, this is where I go back to saying where the artist meets the person. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Because not everybody, not everybody, is that human, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's true. But John Chu was 
I don't have enough words. Uh-uh. I, I, uh, I love the way he leads. Mm-hmm. And damn, I love the way he makes movies. <laughs> oh, um, okay, so I while we're kind of while we're on the subject of character and working on mm-hmm. on movement that's human, right? Uh-huh. That that part of the film is a very human moment with a backdrop of beautifully crafted contemporary and honestly a a gorgeous collision of styles of movement Mm -hmm. but the moment itself is a human moment the backdrop of dance is 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 inhuman in a very beautiful way Mm -hmm. but I I a part of my work that I really really love is working as a movement coach much less to do with five six seven eight one and a two and um but I love story i love characters and i love non-dancers i know that you also movement coach and i would love to hear a little bit about your approach to being a movement coach um you've worked with cameron diaz megan mullally looking at my notes tom cruise katie holmes christina freaking applegate who i simply adore queen latifah toby mcguire i mean come on Um, so I, yeah, are you, are you open to talking a little bit about your approach to that type of work? I absolutely love, love, love working with actors and, and just, um, you know, uh, I mean, working with Tobey Maguire, let's just say, you know, he's an, such an actor's actor. So, you know, but, but the great thing about actors, as you know, it's like, I love approaching it from that perspective. Do you know what I mean? So it just... I always say when I'm teaching, it's like, we have to lose the dance in order to get to the dance. You have to lose it. You have to be willing to lose it. And it's very hard for a dancer, especially a dancer to lose the dance because we train to dance. But but when you're talking about a story and you're talking about why are we all here? What is the point for us to all be here? And why, when we're looking at this movement, why are we looking at it? Because it can't be because you do it well you have to come at it with what's your what's the reason for moving? What made you want to take that first step? What is it about the music? What is it about the story? What is it about you? Your intention? What are all the things that make you? We want to see you. Yes. So, so I try to approach it that way. And you know, working with Katie Holmes, who's a dear friend, and I mean, I remember working with her very closely and. Um, she wanted to dance. She wanted to dance more dance. And then we had done a couple of TV shows. And, and then um, I actually had this great idea and put her on. So you think you can dance with a bunch of guys and Nigel gave us some funding to do this. Um, and I recreated Judy Garland's Get Happy. And so, and I got to direct it. And so it was absolutely beautiful. So Oh my gosh, Tice, we're going to link to all of the performances that you're talking about in the show notes to this episode. I haven't seen that. I cannot wait to see that. I cannot wait to find it and share it with the world. It was a a wonderful moment. And in in working with someone, I love Katie Holmes. I love Tobey Maguire. And, you know, and even Taylor Swift, who is a a recording artist, a writer, uh, she's, you know, in, in working with her in movement, it's like, it's so interesting because she's not she's not a natural dancer and you know she would tell you that but but what what's so and I've worked with her for so many years and I'm fascinated at and I I wouldn't change a thing because she is such a storyteller 
such a storyteller. So when she moves or when she approaches something, she's always like, well, why am I doing that? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, and she really is such a great artist. I mean, such a good writer. And so it was really, I loved, loved every second of every album and tour I've ever, you know, and we've always done great work together. And so I, I, um, I love it. And Megan Mullally is, is completely different. And Megan is like, you know, she's like, okay. And I love people who are interested in how the dance gets made. And she'd call me and say, I wanna, I wanna know how you're gonna approach this. Let's talk about it. She's like, because the way I dance is not the way everybody else dances. And I was like, amazing, great. We're on it. We, we, we've, got a, we've got a base that we can work with. <laughs> so it's so great. She's like, and, and you know, each person comes with their own set of ideas that adds to the, it's a real collaboration. And, you know, I mean, it's, and it's, I think it's all it's also as well, it's all in the communication too. It's all in how you communicate. Yes how people are going to move and why and you know because it's a very haunting experience for some people to move right oh they've got ideas about what choreographers are and what dance is and I don't know who is responsible for this but Hmm. somewhere along the line dance and choreographers became terrifying for many actors (laughs) I don't know who was who was responsible for that but it's that's a thing that happened for sure I see one of my one of my many roles in being a movement coach is like deconstructing what those beliefs about what is dance and what is a choreographer kind of breaking those down to be far more human yeah when someone walks into the room whether they dance or don't dance or um, i usually i usually take how they walk how they talk how they are in life and then you go with that grain and when you're approaching movement with someone because you don't want it to be scary you don't want it to feel like they're they're having to like like climb up at it and like not achieve it you want to empower people Mm -hmm. you know so you highlight how they walk how they talk how they behave how they are in it just in life and how they speak you know I I I always find that it's helpful that you find out who they are and how that works together with the movement you Mm -hmm. know and and so that's always helped me tremendously you know thank you for sharing that I think we overlap in our in a lot of ways there um one of the things I love most is explaining you know you talk about the importance of communication and I love the creative challenge of explaining Mm -hmm. dance in non-dance language um it's a creative thing it's a way for me to actively be creating when I might not be creating phrases per se but uh creating new pathways in the brain and new ways of understanding a thing I might be explaining a step in a way that I have never thought of it before because this Mm -hmm. person doesn't know the way that I've thought of it before all of the ways that a pot of beret used to make sense to me I'm now getting to question in order to help it make sense to somebody who's not about it I it's some of my favorite work I love it and I'm sure you do it so well. I mean, I'm oh, sure. It's a party. I only, yeah. I mean, I, I, I got to see you work up close in, in the Heights, which was amazing, you know? And so I, you. you're like a force. A oh, force. stop. And I got to dance right opposite you. Yes. Oh, I, yeah, I didn't mention that is one of the only two numbers in the movie that I got to perform in. 
And how much fun. Yeah, we have a we have a moment, you and I walking dead on towards camera. It is a very fleeting moment. It happens extremely quickly, but <laughs> catch it. There we are. That's our it's our um secret secret duet where we have a lot of people around us. <laughs> Um, okay, well, I, I know that your time is valuable. I do want to do one more thing. I, I, time valuable. That was a weird thing to say. I don't, your time is valuable, but I could talk to you for five hours. Um, I've noticed that five hour podcasts only do well if you're Seth Rogen. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I always say Seth, by the way, Joe Rogan, that will tell you what kind of podcaster I am. I'm the type of podcaster that doesn't know Joe Rogan's name. Listen, it's all perfect. I mean, there's nothing you can say, Dana. <laughs> that will not be perfect. Okay, well, I'm so glad you said that because do you know how I want to close out right now? I'm grinning so hard. I'm about to cry. <laughs> Why? No, no, I know what you're going to do. I know what you're going to do. I know what you're going to do. Okay, go do it. <laughs> it's like I know what you're going to do. <laughs> I saw Will Loft this last night and I told him that I was going to meet with you today. And he immediately, he was like, it's like the, you know, he puts the voice oh on God. it. I just had a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. okay, give me, give me a word. I'll start with your word. Um, cup. <laughs> it's like the cup without the water. It's like a mother without her daughter. Are you so good? <laughs> go, go, daughter to you. It's like a candle. No. <laughs> what? No? You have Can't to use anything? daughter. You have to use Oh, daughter. I have to start right. Yeah. yeah. I Let's forgot. Okay. okay. So I have to start with the last part. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Start with the word that I finish with. Finish with. Oh, and okay. then make the okay. we'll, we'll do a new one. Um, it's like, I, I don't know. Uh, it's like a cup without the straw. It's like a courtroom without the law. It's like the law without the judge. It's like the Yes, people yes. without the justice. Oh. <laughs> you okay. have to rhyme them. Yes, I know. And then, but you have to rhyme. The last one has to rhyme with the second one. Oh, man. Okay. So, for everyone that is confused right now, this little rhyming game is the game that on the night we were shooting Pacencia Fe night shoot, which turned into a morning shoot because they were lighting the 191st Street uh, tunnel. They were lighting it for probably six hours. So we were all in a holding area and Will freaking Loftus starts playing this rhyme game. And he is so very good at, he's extremely good at this game. Um, and Tice, you were newer to the game and I, Cry, I cried off my makeup laughing at how willing you were to be playing this game that you were not any good at. And that spoke to me. And I think that that is a life lesson that we could all glean from. You can have so much fun and you can be the life of the party with, <laughs> and still be new to something. I um, was so hideous at that. And I'm like, why? It's not that hard. <laughs> Everybody's a rapper and like, oh my God. <laughs> do you want to try one? Do you want to try one more? Yeah. 
Okay. Always. I should okay. practice for the rest of my life. Okay. So here's how it goes. The first word and the second word are yeah. related. Related. They, they're related, but they don't rhyme. And then the third word is not related at all to the second word. Right. It doesn't rhyme with it either. Right. But it is related to the fourth word. And the second and the fourth word must rhyme. Second and fourth must rhyme. Your first word is my fourth word. Whatever my fourth word was. Okay. We'll go my, super slow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How slow? Like turtle slow? We'll go tur I won't even keep a rhythm. By the way, the rhythm is the fun part because it when is, you get good, the rhythm picks up and then and then you're Will Loftus and you're actually a rapper. Okay. Uh, so good. Oh, he's so good. We sh he's got to come on the podcast. We'll do a full episode of, of just this game. Okay. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Well, okay. We'll go thematic. It's like the podcast without the host. It's like the breakfast without the toast. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, now toast to you. It's like the toast without the jam. It's like the... Yes, yes. It's like the... Um, <laughs> wait, it's like the... Oh God, yeah, you know, oh, oh. <laughs> Kill it without the spam. Yes, it no? is. Yes, yes, you're frying the spam. I I get it. Still, that right? You did it. Like, you okay, okay, okay. I'm kind of on your tip now. Okay, so you did spam, spam to me. It's like the spam without the salt. It's like the milkshake without the malt. Malt is a tough one. Malt is tough. I would have definitely probably won that round. Malt, malt to you. Every round. It so it's like the malt. It's five o'clock. Oh. <laughs> apparently, apparently it's five. Yay, it's five. <laughs> now, now. Good job, everyone. Five o'clock. We made it to five. It's, it's like, like the malt. It's like the malt without the. Mm. You could use, the, you could, you might use ball, like a malt ball, like a melted, oh, yeah. melted milk ball. Ball. Malted, melted, milk ball. It's like the malt without the ball. It's like the, uh, it's like the, the school without the hall. Nice. Okay. okay, now I got you, Dana. You got me. It's like the hall without the lockers. It's like the electric shock without the shockers. Oh, I don't know. That didn't I, make sense. It didn't oh, make sense at all. It's it like it, I would have lost that round. It's like the electric shock without the shockers, whatever. Tice, it's five o'clock. It's time for us to part today, but not forever. I'm so excited to see you again soon. Let's go see Heights together. I would love to just be like elbowing you in the ribs for, for an hour and a half. That's what I want. Um, so thank you again for being here. I just had a ball. I smiled the entire time my cheeks hurt. That was amazing and terrifying all at the same time. Love you. Are you sweating? I always sweat. Oh, I'm dying, sweating. <laughs> sweating. Oh, but so fun though. So fun. So fun. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna set a schedule for us to meet and play that game. Okay. And then we're oh. gonna just, without telling Will, we'll be like, hey, Will, do you wanna have lunch? And then we'll meet Will for lunch and we will crush him. Okay, so now I've got a little little seed of good things to come because yes. now you taught me now slowly. Yes, yes. All, all were playing and all were excellent. And I was oh, like, that's true. You jumped into the deep what? end with us. Yeah. <laughs>
Oh God. Phenomenal. All right, my friend, have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you again for doing this. Bye. I see. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Tice and I really hope you take this rhyming game and become a master of it because it is genuinely so much fun. Hours, hours just flying by and makeup melting off from tears. So much fun. Don't piss off hair and makeup. You don't want to be that guy. Try to preserve your makeup as best as you can. Um, All right, y'all. That's it for me. I'm going to get out into the world. I am going to encourage every single person whose path I cross to go see In the Heights in a theater. So Latin people receive only 4.5% of speaking roles in films, like dialogue in movies. Only 4.5% of it is spoken by a Latin person. Yet Latin people make up 40 percent of the audiences. That is so wildly out of balance. And as frustrating as that is to me right now in this moment, I've got this kind of like super, super sad satisfaction knowing that studios listen to dollars. And so if people show up at the box office and the box office doesn't lie. Studios will see that people want these stories. People want to see these people in leading roles. And people will pay for representation. I think that is the ticket. If you can, if you're healthy, if you feel safe, go see In the Heights in a theater and bring as many people as you possibly can. That's me asking you straight up because the box office is where you, the audience member, get to ask for what you want and you ask for it with your ticket admission. That's how you do it. So please go out there, go see In the Heights, and of course, go keep it exceptionally funky. And you know what else though? Keep it saucy because holy hell, the sauce, the heat. That comes from that film. Oh, yep, you're not ready. Or maybe you've already seen it and you are ready and you just want to keep filling the cup. Please go, go and go again. All right, that's it. That's it for me, really. But I want to keep talking about it. I'm going to reserve. I'll reserve. Choreo Team episode coming so, so, so soon. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you're great. Uh (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. I'll talk to you soon me again. Wondering if you ever noticed that one more time almost never means one more time. (laughs) Well, here on the podcast, one more thing actually means two more things. Number one thing, if you're digging the pod, if these words are moving you, please don't forget to download, subscribe, and leave a rating or review because your words move me too. Number two thing, I make more than weekly podcasts. So please visit thedanawilson.com for links to free workshops and so, so, so much more. All right, that's it now, for real. Talk to you soon. Bye.